Welcome to the Granite Gals podcast. This is the podcast where we interview female hikers who hike the right mountains. I am Alexandra Her, And I am Sage Her. We are 14 and 12-year-old hikers who have been hiking the 4,000-footers since we were little. We have done the 4,000-footers, the 52 with the view, trail rights, and many other mountains. In this podcast, we mention two terms that listeners may not recognize. To do the grid is to complete all the 4,000-footers in every month of the year, but this doesn't need to be completed in one calendar year. To redline is to hike all the trails in the White Mountain Guidebook. The opinions that we personally express in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our interviewee or of any organizations we may mention. Hello everyone. We went on vacation with our dad for a few weeks and the timing of the interviews was thrown off a bit. This week, so we can release an episode on time, we decided to interview Trish Herr, our mom. After this episode, we will interview other female hikers like we did before. Welcome to the podcast. Why, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, when did you start hiking and why did you like to hike? Well, I started officially hiking with Alex when we first did the 4Ks, but I used to always go on very long walks when I lived in Chicago. When I went to my first college for acting, DePaul's Theater School, I would walk to kind of de-stress or chill out all the way from Chicago all the way up to Evanston by uh, Lake Michigan, which is a really long way. And then when I lived in New York, I'd walk all over the place all the time. And then when I lived in Cambridge and was going to Harvard, I'd walk from the main campus all the way into Boston to the medical school for a class I had there. So that wasn't hiking, but it was long, really long miles, miles, miles walking. So I've always liked to walk for a long time. But hiking started with Alex uh, in the 4Ks when she was a little smidge and five years old. (laughs) Oh, and I started because I really wanted her to burn off some energy because she was a really energetic kid. I didn't know what I was doing at all at first. And I tried to take her up the Tecumseh Trail in April. And I tried taking you too, Sage, but I was carrying you because I didn't, you know, you were only three. And there was still snow on the ground and I didn't know what I was doing and we made it not even a mile and then we just turned around and then uh, we tried again. This is 2008. We tried again in June and Alex just motored all the way to the top with me following her and she wanted to continue after that and that's just how it all started from that point on. we've been. Alex has been doing 4Ks every other week on average and lately more like every week since she was five and then you started hiking 4Ks when you were four, and but you started hiking them every week, Sage, pretty much when you were five. And then now the three of us have been hiking as a team uh, for the past eight years. Seven. Because if I was five, that's five plus two. Oh, the three of us together. You're right. The three of us together for the past seven years. We know you finished the 4,000 footer list. If mm-hmm. What is your favorite 4K? It's Tecumseh because uh, it was your first mountain and your first mountain and our dog's first mountain and my first mountain. <laughs> and it was your first winter 4K and it was your first winter 4K and it was my first winter 4K and probably our dog's first. So it's, there's a lot of sentimental value with Tecumseh. So tell us about the um, lists or mountains besides the 4Ks that you've done or are working on. What do you like about them specifically? Well, without you guys, I'm not working on any mountains. I'm, I'm working on redlining. That's what I do without the two of you uh, when you're with Papa. I really enjoy redlining because I like doing things that are new. I do the grid with you guys, as you know, obviously. And I enjoy that because I am hiking with you guys and I'm hiking in all different seasons and that's enjoyable, making new memories all the time. But when I'm alone, I redline. It feels like an adventure.
and I just feel like I'm a I'm this explorer, even though the trail's already there, you know, and it's been it's been done, and obviously people have been there before me because you know there's a trail. But for me, it's new, and there's a sense of adventure with it, and I learn more about myself as a hiker. I become a better hiker. There's a lot of navigational skills that you have to have on some of these trails, and you're really out in the middle of nowhere, and um, I don't know. That's just what I like to do. What kind of experiences have you had with redlining? I remember doing one with Max, our dog, I think two years ago. There's this trail called, I think it's called the Mountain Loop Pond. It's uh, in near Jackson, I think. And there's a road that leads to it, but that road ha- was wiped out by Hurricane Irene. So it's, it was closed. It might still be closed. So I didn't realize that when I drove out to it. So that lengthened our hike by, I don't know, several miles. I don't remember how long that road is. So we get out there and because the road access wasn't there, you know, nobody had been there for a while and it was kind of overgrown and it, it was desolate. And so I'm with Max, our dog, and I often carry an air horn, a small air horn with me as a safety device. So if I run into, if I ever happen to run into an animal that doesn't run away and I feel threatened, I can blast that air horn. If I ever got lost, you can hear it from far away. If I ever met someone I didn't like, that was very uncomfortable. I had a weird feeling. It's just a great, really loud loud noise and it's another safety thing. So I'm hiking on this trail around this pond and the the vegetation is right up against us on either side and I can't see anything. And I heard a coyote or a wolf howl on one part of the lake that we weren't on. Now, if I was alone, I wouldn't think anything of it, but I actually worried more when our dog was with us because he's a little guy and dogs can bring out bad things with wildlife because they're dogs. I got nervous, and so I, I took my air horn out and just held it in my hand, just in case, because I couldn't see anything on either side of us, and this was a curvy trail, so I couldn't really see that far in front of me, and I had heard coyotes, and they weren't that far away, and I've got the dog, and I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and so I'm walking along, and I have the air horn just in my hand, you know, just in case, so I'm, I'm walking, and I hear this slight rustling up ahead so I get it in my hand and I just have my thumb on the button just in case you know so we're walking along and I right to our right the the pond is on our left right to our right all of a sudden I hear this rustle 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 like really loud rustle, 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 rustle. Oh, wow. and out of instinct this my thumb hit that air horn <laughs> and it's I wasn't expecting my thumb to hit the air horn oh. and it was like Rah! and it scared the crap out of me, and Max, I, I leapt five feet in the air. Max leapt five feet in the air. Didn't really we served the purpose you wanted. It we to. It scared us. We both fell. We both fell onto these sharp rocks, and oh then, my gosh. and then, and then, what the noise was because I could see that because the air horn scared the thing was a, a bunch of birds were to my right. I think they were ducks, and so I see hear this flap flap, and they fly off towards the Aww. pond. And I remember laying there thinking, I'm going to kill myself with this air horn because it could have landed on my head on these sharp rocks, and I'm in the middle of nowhere. And I was just Max was irritated with me, like what, why, you know. And, so that, that was one memorable thing where I just felt really stupid. <laughs> uh, where is your favorite place to hike outside of the Northeast? Well, I really like doing the John Muir Trail with the two of you. 
that was beautiful. The landscape was gorgeous, views all the time, and it was dry. You could have condensation in your tent, and then two hours later, just take out your tent, and it would dry in the sun immediately. Whereas here, I think it would just be wet forever because it's so moist and humid here in the east. I also liked hiking the Camino de Santiago with you, but that was more of a cultural experience. That yeah. wasn't a wilderness experience, but I still really enjoyed it. Please tell our listeners about the book you wrote, Up, A Mother and Daughter's Teabagging Adventure. When was the book published? What is the book about? Well, it was published in April of 2012, and it was about Alex's first round of the 4Ks. And I didn't include you in it, Sage, because you weren't hiking the 4Ks yet, and I wasn't sure that you were going to, and I didn't want you to feel pressured to. So I would keep a blog of our hikes, and I would write about them to myself, because moms keep records of everything and write stuff down, and some, you know, and I had... So I already had this journal of it already. And then Alex once asked if we could have a book of our adventures that she could put on the coffee table. I think you had been, so, you know, you were five or during this time when you asked or, or just turned six because you had seen books on coffee tables. Like, can we make a book and put it on? I'm like, well, sure. So, you know, I just kind of, I asked one small publishing company and they accepted it immediately. And I thought that was cool. But then... Your dad thought that maybe I would have some luck with a major publishing company with it. So I hadn't signed with a smaller company yet. They just accepted it, but I hadn't signed anything with it. And so kind of on a whim, I sent it to uh, a couple agents and one immediately took it on and shopped it around. And then Sydney Miner, who's a wonderful editor, she uh, was working at uh, Random House at the time. And so our book was published, edited by her through Broadway Books, which is an imprint of Random House. She was great. It's kind of a life lesson book with a few select stories from hikes that Alex and I did for, from her first round of the 4Ks. Thank you for the plug, girls. <laughs> we ha- uh, so we hiked the John Muir Trail in 2014. How was this experience for you? It was really beautiful. Uh, it was great. I-, I liked Whitney. I liked all of it. It was. It's hard to pick a favorite. I liked when we were in the tent by, I think it was a Thousand Lakes, and we heard this. We were in the tent in this beautiful camping spot. It was gorgeous. <laughs> And so we were going to sleep and it was nightfall and we heard this like lap, 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 yeah, lap, I, right by me, the water. Me and you, I remember we were like... Yeah, Alex, I thought it was some, because we were in mountain lion territory, it sounded like a cat drinking from water. We have cats, right? So it sounded just like that. Yeah, and like, it, it sounded ah. exactly like that. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so we, we thought that it was a, a mountain lion out there and one of you wanted to go out and look. I'm like, no, you're, <laughs> you know, this was a few years ago, so you weren't tall yet. I'm like, they're getting through a snack, stay in the tent. <laughs> and we're telling you that I didn't know of any anything on, on record about a mountain lion attacking anybody in a tent I hadn't heard of that happening so just stay in the tent maybe we heard this lap 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 so somehow I think Sage did you just fall asleep were you worried about it one of you was kind of awake and worried and one of you just went to sleep I, I was I, w- I was awake <laughs> I was like freaking out I was like oh my gosh there's a mountain lion right outside our tent yeah, so just but just stay in the tent you'll be fine and eventually I don't know how I guess we both fell asleep so the next morning get up you know I don't see we looked for prints we looked around to see if there were yeah. any paw prints. We didn't find any. And um, as we were packing up to go, we heard the lop, 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 lop again. And I looked. And do you remember what it was? I do. Some ducks. It was a duck. <laughs> <laughs> ducks in the water. That lap, 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 lap was just their feet paddling around in the water. Like, oh, okay. It did sound, it did sound <laughs> like a cat drinking, I swear. It really did. <laughs> but nope, it was just some ducks. The Camino de Santiago is another trail you hiked with us. What was your favorite part of it? 
So my favorite part was probably the maceta, which other people don't seem to like, but I really did. We stayed in, in a, an albergue in San, called San Bol, S-A-N-B-O-L, and it was lovely. There were only a few people there, and we had a really good sleep. And it, was it was in the middle of nowhere. It was in the middle of nowhere. It was beautiful, and the next morning was Easter. That so, was so lovely. That was a lovely morning. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't in any place where I could get you Easter baskets or anything, but we did. I did bring chocolate, and so I gave you chocolate bars, and we had chocolate for breakfast. <laughs> and it was sunrise almost, or just after sunrise, and we... It was like sunrise. Yeah, and, and we headed off into this beautiful kind of high prairie-ish rolling hills landscape, and it was gorgeous. And I, you guys went ahead of me, and you were really happy, and... I followed you, and it was just so beautiful, and I felt a feminine, a female connection with the universe and with motherhood and with you two and with, I don't know, just some, something ancient in me vibrated, and it was lovely. And I, that's a moment I'll always have with me forever. Have you ever experienced sexism directed towards you on the trail? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And on the a few select hiking forums, one of which I'm no longer Almost a part of. Almost every female hiker like, has, of course. including me. <laughs> Usually mansplaining or someone going up to the two of you and, how are you guys doing? I'm standing right there. I, I don't know whether I would get that if you guys were boys or if I were a man. I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe that's just a, a kid out in the wilderness thing that other adults these days just think is weird. As far as sexism blatant sexism. I had it directed towards me on a hiking forum that I'm no longer a part of. If a guy does something sexist and doesn't realize it and you call them on it, a secure non-sexist man will say something like, wow, I didn't realize I offended you. I don't understand what I did wrong. I'm sorry. Can you just, you know, I, I didn't mean to. He was like, how dare you call me sexist, which is the, the first indication that he is. I know I'm not the only one who feels that way about him and I'll Leave it like that. So just remember, girls, when someone says something and they're a guy and they do something and maybe they don't realize that they're being sexist, a lot of guys don't sometimes realize it. It's so ingrained in our culture. And so sometimes they honestly don't realize it. And if you try to politely point it out, the good ones might be shocked for a minute or two or defensive for a minute or two, but they'll come around and they'll be like, oh, you know, I didn't, or I don't understand, or I really don't get why you feel that way, but they're, they're still in a conversation with you. And then you have a chance or an opportunity to say it how you see it, and there can be a, a healthy conversation. But if they get all fluffed, you know, flustered and stick their chests out and beat it, beat their chests and rah, then they're just a lost cause and they really are sexist, so just leave it. You know, they're not worth the time. Tell us about your most memorable animal encounters on the trail. Grouse are always memorable because they're they scare me. I don't know whether they're gonna come flying at me or just fly off. You know, I've had a grouse fly at Alex and I when we did isolation for the first time. Just flew at us. It was really frightening. They're little things and they are not afraid and they just stare at you. And there was one grouse that I blew my whistle at it and it just blinked at me like, yeah, what? <laughs> so I guess just grouse I, I always kind of like seeing them but I'm always kind of terrified because I don't know whether they're going to fake an injury and limp off or try to make us follow it to get it away from its nest or just fly at us yeah they make me nervous too I never <laughs> know what they're going to do they're so unpredictable do you prefer hiking solo or with a group of people 
I like hiking with the two of you, and I have a very small circle of people that I like to hike with, one or two of them, or one or two of them and the two of you. And other than that, I like hiking solo. I like the company of people, but if it's a big group, then I don't see what I'm hiking in anymore. I just see a bunch of people's backpacks in front of me or behind me. And I also like hiking with people whose pace is kind of like mine. I'm not a patient person, as you guys know. So there are exceptions. If someone's hiking a hike for a very first time, and I know that, and that's cool. Or, you know, if there's ever a a little kid that hikes slowly but wants company who loves to hike, that would be fun. But generally speaking, on a regular basis, I want to hike at my pace. And I want to do what I want. (laughs) I want to go where I want to go. So it's either with people that I know who want the same things or by myself. I don't think I'll ever be able to do the large group hikes where you meet up with people. I think it's great that people do that and there's camaraderie there, but I'm not that kind of a social person. I prefer a few people at once instead of many. Yeah, that's just sense. that's just my personality. I think it's cool that those groups exist and I, I, I know a lot of people love those kinds of hikes. What's next? Do you have any specific hiking related plans for the future? Cost Trail, I would like to finish, you know, we've high pointed forty six states. I'd like to do I'd like to finish all but Denali. That costs a lot of money though, so I'm trying to save up for that. Can't wait. The long trail would be fun because it's just right over there. It doesn't really cost anything for us because it doesn't require a guide or a plane or anything, airplane or anything like that. Continuing to redline, we're working on the grid. I guess that's it. So now um, here are some questions unrelated to hiking, which we ask everyone who is a guest on the podcast. Uh, what's your favorite food? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I can narrow it down. I like tuna fish with tuna salad with dried cranberries in it. I like that a lot. That's probably my favorite healthy food. What's your favorite non-hiking related book? Color Purple is a great book by Alice Walker. I was thinking of A Clockwork Orange the other day. That's a book that you would like, Alex. It's very dark and twisted, and it's a classic. If you could either fly or be invisible, which one would you choose and why? Fly, definitely. Can you tell us why? Freedom. It just seems like that's freedom. Yeah, I agree. Chips or popcorn? Chips if we're not worrying about calories. Cheddar or Swiss? I like both, and I'm actually going to choose Swiss, which no one else has done, I don't think. Really? Yeah, I like Swiss a lot, especially if it's melted. I like it. Yeah. If you had pick one, summer hiking or winter hiking in the whites? Summer. I like being able to feel the boulders underneath my fingertips. I like gripping onto them and holding onto the trees. And I like being able to sit down without freezing to death and take a break. Winter hiking is beautiful and it has its charms, but definitely summer if I had to choose. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) My pleasure. Okay. Thank you. Check out our blog at trishalexsage.com. Thank you. And don't forget Alex's at alexinthewhitemountains.com. And Sage will have her own when she turns 13. Alex does the social media posting right now because she's over 13. The preservation of the environment is important if we want to continue having beautiful mountains to hike. We strongly encourage you to donate to Union of Concerned Scientists, or UCS. It is an amazing organization that does important scientific research to help prevent negative effects of climate change. You can learn more about UCS and donate to their organization at ucsusa.org.